0: Welcome to the Absolute Purpose Project, a podcast series by Absolute PR and Marketing that investigates inspiring and enlightening individuals, brands and organisations that focus on purpose as a force for good. In our podcast series, we will explore the best ways of communicating purpose through the eyes of some of the UK's most inspirational communicators and their compelling and often quirky stories. The Absolute Purpose Project is an extension of the work the agency has been doing for the last 20 years in guiding brands to deliver environmental and social impacts through action, innovation and communication. Today we have guest Roger Maslin, who is the CEO of the Ocean Conservation Trust a global ocean conservation charity connecting people with the ocean and creating a healthier ocean for all. Roger leads the charity with its focus on habitat restoration, pro-ocean behavioural change and the operation of the UK's largest aquarium, the National Marine Aquarium. Formerly an internationally experienced financier at Guinness United Distilleries and Diageo, He then spent nine years as finance director of Wembley Stadium, funding the the development of the new stadium, and then seven years as MD between 2008 and 2015. Roger is a natural born leader who enjoys the challenge of turning companies around and the development of the Ocean Conservation Trust is his latest adventure. So, Roger, I guess, how how can in a city people sort of get that connection, I guess? Well, I think,
1: I mean, I was brought up by the sea. So I've been spoilt, I suppose. And I, I guess for me, because I've been brought up by the sea, it's a natural sort of balancer and it just makes you feel good to be alive. So, but equally, having lived in the middle of Wales, looking out over some fantastic landscape, similarly, it's, it's, a, real, it's a real karma. So I think it to say, you know, does does water inspire my everyday business? I'm not sure if it it does, but it it certainly makes me feel good. And if you feel good, you probably make better decisions. (laughs) Um, um, Gosh, proportion of people that have never been to the sea. And it's still in the sort of high, sort of uh, 17, 18, 19% fairly consistently across the the, the two years of, uh, of the survey. And it's just a it's just quite a remarkable statistic, I think. But also the number of people that didn't realise, for example, when we when we started testing some of the principles of ocean literacy, which is all about you know, how connected we are with the ocean, you know, your connection with the ocean and, and vice versa. So, you know, one telling statistic is, you know, that's quite important for all of us, is that, you know, half the oxygen that, that each of us breathe, all that is derived from the oxygen. So you know, unless we have ongoing a healthy ocean, then, you know, <laughs> we're going to struggle to breathe. But no, in terms of if you're not lucky enough to overlook the um, national marine park because i do i'm looking at the kind of uh, Plymouth sound then of course as a city dweller can you share in that connection absolutely because you you, know, you could be trite and say well look you know, everything ends up in the ocean anyway and but everybody can make that difference you know we are only kind of you know, 70 miles away, away from the sea but one of our kind of mantra points in the in in, in in the in the oct is that you know conservation is all about people and you ought to protect nature You've got to start with people. So, you know, one of our one of the key issues that we've had. We are an island nation, but we've lost the connection with the ocean, with the land, and certainly lost the connection with the ocean. Ocean's not on the curriculum. You know, uh, we are as a, we are quite an illiterate you know, populace when it comes down to just you know that that basic understanding of what the of what the ocean's all about, what the water cycle's all about and just how connected we are. So and we certainly don't want to ram things down people's throats, but if people think can get a better understanding, a better awareness of just how connected they are, and we can help create that emotional connection with the ocean. Then our, our experience over the last 25 years of running, a, obviously, a public attraction with, we've had about 7 million people through, is that you know, indeed you create those emotional connections. They stay with for, for a very long time and they are far more forceful ways in which you're more likely to kind of care about things. So if you, you say that emotional connection with something you care about a bit more and you happen to, you're more likely to, to look after it. So that's very much what we do from our kind of, if you like, our conservation pathway. There is kind of a lot of science behind it, but essentially, it's it's getting people to form those emotional links and then really caring about something and then acting on those, on acting on those kind of feelings and th- the thought processes. And that's so much better than kind of fact bashing and, and say you must learn this about a whale or that about the sea. That might stay with you for five minutes, but uh, it doesn't have that longer term impact. So, so everybody. Um, can share and it's not that and everybody's got an equal right and equal ability to make that difference and I, and I guess another thing that we try and do is definitely not trying to make everybody the kind of the perfect sort of conservationist but if we can all just do one thing a day or one thing a week or one thing a year collectively we can be all so, so powerful so so no it doesn't matter if you live in the middle of a city um you have an equal impact on the ocean because in this in this wonderful sort of cycle this water cycle that we all live in we're all just so fundamentally connected with the ocean but a lot of us just don't realize it
0: and any ideas roger if someone we had someone listening to this and they're thinking well where would i even start with that any any suggestions on how that might that pathway might start
1: yeah absolutely just go and find your nearest piece of water it could be a stream it could be a river uh, it could be a lake and put your foot in it uh, Have that, that, that kind of emotional connection it's um it's something that we might do later on in the year and on a much larger scale and excuse me if you can hear some barking in the background i have a uh, i have a newfoundland and if i don't open the door he'll probably <laughs> he'll probably knock it down but yes i think it's i, I think i would say be curious and uh, kind of stand a little bit and just actually begin to see just how how connected you are with it with, with the ocean and therefore you can start beginning at look at uh, looking at little um, uh, ways in which you know your li- livelihoods may impact one of the things that we do that actually came out of the survey is we tried to rather than, rather than having a this really detailed half an hour survey we said well can we create a, a smaller version that's kind of fun to do and a lot of what we do is fun but with a you know with, with a with a kind of a, a a point to it so we put this thing together called the think ocean challenge so go onto our website go look it up and it's just it's just ask you a few questions and it kind of it, it it'll depending on how your answers are it'll mm-hmm you'll become either a head person or a hand person or a heart person. And then depending on your, I'm telling you which kind of category you're kind of you're you're in, then there'll be a number of follow-up suggestions of things you might like to do if you want to get a bit more interested. So, so yes, I think if anybody's listening, then please try the Think Ocean Challenge on the Ocean Conservation Trust website. I think you'll find it a lot of fun for you, your friends and your family.
0: Oh, I'm going to try it right away. (laughs) So one thing, so obviously we're always interested to know how people, brands, organisations actually communicate their purpose. So do you, I mean, I can hear so many ways in which uh, you do communicate purpose, but one question, a bit of a cheeky one, do you feel like you're doing it well?
1: Yeah, like all these things, you can always do it better, can't you? And I think it's interesting having just come out of the, or hopefully come out of COVID, then we kind of launched the whole point of OCT beforehand and we haven't really had the opportunity of really I think taking it to to, to its next level so yes absolutely we can we can do a to do a better job and I think I think the good thing now is that it's taken us a while but as as an ocean conservation charity we've now got an ocean conservation strategy and we've got three clear programs and as I mentioned before the habitat program advocacy and experiences so whether we're talking about restoration of seagrass in our habitats program whether we're talking about behavior change and advocacy or we're talking about the national marine aquarium or the national marine park and our experiences then i think we've got a much we've got a much a clearer story that i think can can then be told so i think we've got clarity of purpose and then it's a question of well what kind of platforms and that can be slightly resource-based, but we are, you know, we we use increasingly digital and social media based, and we've done a a good job, but there again, websites, et cetera, can be be improved so much that we use algorithms these days to really hone into certain groups. Again, you know, it's incredibly, they're incredibly powerful, but as well, I think is, you know, what we want to do is we want to be the go-to people if there's an ocean conservation issue. So And that takes time to build up. We may be 25 years old, but there are others that do slightly different things to us. But I would like to us to be on the going to more conferences, to working more closely with government and other officials and really be, as you say, have the, not the kudos so much, but have the the mantra of being, okay. if you want to know anything about this subject, why don't you go and talk to those, those nice people at the Ocean Cultivation Trust?
0: Quite right. So what does the next five years look like for OCT? Busy,
1: <laughs> <laughs> busy as ever. Lots and lots of challenges. So I've been here six years, and uh, I was wondering if I was I was the messenger of doom for them because we've had, in those six years, we've had obviously we had a you're familiar with, with where we are in Plymouth, but yeah. our umbilical cord is is uh, is a bridge. A footbridge, and that was closed for my, for my first two years, which was not very helpful, as it kind of cuts us off from our kind of main market. And then, uh, obviously, COVID for three years, and then obviously the energy crisis. So, there have been significant left field issues that we've had to deal with. So, it would be nice to have a normal year because I, I don't think uh, many of us know what a norm, normal year is. There's always something. So, well,
0: there's so much, um, Roger, there's so much innovation in this moment.
1: I think there is. And I think also timing is a great thing. 10, 15 years ago, from a conservation sort of business point of view, then you probably had less airtime. I think now, I think people are beginning to realise that we've really got to act very quickly. Um, and We can't leave it for 5, 10, 20 years or, or to the next generation. We really need to act now. And I think it's interesting if you, if you look at how you know, if you look at um, business and how business is now being required to report or getting interested. How the shareholders are having far more say in actually what businesses is, is do. I think you will see, over the next eighteen months, three years, there's going to be a very significant shift into people, everybody um having the power as shareholders or others, actually requiring their companies to act in, in, in a particular way with nature and climate at, at the forefront. We have a we ha- we have obviously a climate. I didn't like to use the word emergency, but it is. We have a massive issue with, with the climate having a huge impact on Mother Nature. But actually, Mother Nature can be very much uh, one of the, the key answers. So, if we look after our habitats and our animals. Then they can they can be real enablers. It's the usual thing. If you want to, if you want to, um, um, you know, Mother Nature is really good at rewilding. Uh, it's yeah. probably better than human intervention. So, but we've got to create the conditions to allow allow that to happen so i think what we can do as i say as an ocean conservation um charity is of course we can continue with our core programs doing what we can to protect and restore seagrass because that's our particular thing more importantly is trying to connect with nature unless it's really that we we can all act um and if we act together we're actually a really a really powerful voice but we've really on an increasing basis we've really got to start doing things differently. We really do have to change our behaviors, which is tricky because it usually means, well, do I have to give up something, which I've tried I've tried very hard to be, you know, put myself in the position to be able to benefit from. So I'm afraid for the planet, we've got to look and do things differently.
0: We've got to get out of the comfort zone, feel a little less comfortable, basically. Yeah, we do, we do, we absolutely do. Less convenient, say, hey, Roger? Well, it, it, it is,
1: but it's it doesn't have to be. You know, you don't have to go from naught to hundred percent. If everybody does a little bit, then that's important. I think the the kind of kind of wider action, kind of say shareholder or kind of group action that that can be used to influence change of the of the you know of big business because you know that needs governments can't do it by themselves it needs a lot of a lot of of you know, corporate attention and business to be able to make wholesale change the way in which they they we they do things and we're, we're all the consumers yeah. for these companies so you know we have a very powerful voice and we need to we need to use it intelligently
0: so my final question which is a regular question from us to all of our um, interviewees um, what is your morning routine, Roger?
1: <laughs> well, I, I have lots of animals, so 5 a.m. dogs, cats, sheep, chicken, ducks is the is the first hour, and then um, and then I go to work for a rest. <laughs> so, I live about 45 minutes away. So when I get in, what I like to do is a, a little water, um, a little walk about, see who's around, just um, obviously before we open at. Whether it's nine, nine thirty, or ten, depending on the time of the year, they uh, pick up a little bit of litter. And then, well, I guess once I've done my little walk around, then there's a kind of a bit of an open door sort of surgery policy. I, I run in the morning. I have a, um, a small team, a management team of ten, and we have a. I use I kind of one to ones every couple of weeks. So there's usually one or two kind of meetings with the team. And then what I try and do, and I certainly don't succeed every day, but I try and do that. The, I usually make. Uh, I'm very much a list-driven person. If it's not in on, on one of my lists or it's not in my diary, it never happens. It never gets done. So um, I do have a lot of lists. It's rather boring, but the way it is, I'm getting successively it's, it's, it's more forgetful. So it's got to be written down somewhere. So what I try and do is I try and do that thing that I least want to do first in the morning, and if I can do that thing then hopefully the day then gets better <laughs> that's a
0: very good plan of action there so it? anyway
1: <laughs> i try but as i said sometimes you look and you think oh no let's do something else it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah. a lot more fun
0: <laughs> well i guess the connection with nature is there from the very start with all the animals
1: yes no no i i i don't have kids but i i um, my partner and i we've always had lots of animals so And as I said, we very nearly set up this sort of doggy sanctuary, which was uh, four legs welcome, you know, two legs tolerated. Uh, um, (laughs) But (laughs) but, uh, that kind of uh, probably sums me up. Um,
0: That's great. Thank you, Roger. That was such a great conversation. Thank you for listening to The Absolute Purpose Project. Please feel free to follow our work at Absolute PR Marketing, our handle across all channels. And please don't forget to rate, subscribe and share our podcast with all your friends.